You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome once again to Cinema a la Carte, a movie podcast, a quarterly podcast, or even even maybe monthly podcast at this point, of uh, movies, uh, but we'll explain what that is in a moment. I am one of your co-hosts, Phil, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm just sitting here enjoying my IRS award. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. I'm not even sure what that means, but fair enough. You watched the movie, right? Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, so uh, who are we? Uh, basically, Cinema a la carte is a movie podcast. And Eric, what, what does that mean? What, what, why are we doing this podcast? We're doing this podcast because you kept on trying to talk about Weird movies on dark discussions that weren't dark discussions movies. So we made another podcast to do that instead. And uh, for folks who are curious, uh, Cinema a la carte is part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. The original podcast was, and it still is, Dark Discussions Podcast, which is a weekly podcast that talks about horror and thriller-type films. And this film podcast here uh, talks about anything and anywhere about uh, uh, trying to get a choke in there, it didn't work out. But uh, <laughs> we, we basically try to talk about any uh, films that uh, fit our fancy that uh, don't qualify for Dark Discussions podcast, as Eric mentioned. Uh, we do have an email. Uh, the email for this podcast is darkdiscussions at aol.com, or you can go to www.darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us link, and that should open up an email box where you can email us that way as well. Um, I know that we were having some problems with that recently. I'm trying to fix that. Uh, but if it's having problems, you can always email darkdiscussions at aol.com directly and put cinema a la carte in the subject, so we know it's for this podcast here because the emails are uh, used for generally most of the podcasts on the network. Um, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com, Eric? They can find a link to our Patreon page. Please contribute. We appreciate it. Indeed, indeed. And uh, we'll do films uh, for those who donate, uh, and that is generally explained on the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, where Eric gives a longer spiel. Um, let's see, anything else? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the day we're recording this today is March 20th, 2023, that we're recording this, because some of our listeners like... Pam, uh, are always curious when we record these episodes because sometimes they aren't released immediately. For example, uh, the last couple of episodes of Cinema a la Carte were recorded over a year ago and literally released exactly 
December 13th and then released on December 13th the following year recently. So uh, we, we uh, aren't necessarily releasing them the week after they're recording, like on the Dark Discussions podcast sometimes does. Uh, but uh, we do have a bunch in the queue now that are ready to go that you should start following, and we're pretty caught up with our recording history. Um, all right, so if we have time at the end, maybe we'll talk about other things uh, related to uh, movies uh, and news and stuff about movies. But uh, until then, uh, we can get into our topic tonight. So, Eric, uh, what are we going to discuss? Ah, Siri, you suck. Uh, What are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the award-winning movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is Wayne. This is Wayne. This is Wayne. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. Very busy today. I'm so trying to help you. Across the multiverse. I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. Wow, that was really good. He's waiting in the wings. The universe. He speaks of senseless things. It's so much bigger than you and me. Than you realize. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. Remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. No way. I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here. To this moment. Don't let anything distract you from it. That's right. Uh, Everything, Anywhere, All at Once is a uh, film that came out on 2022. Uh, the film is directed by uh, uh, two Bostonians, or at least uh, they went to college from in Boston, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneernit, and uh, they are also the, the writers as well. Uh, the film it's, is uh, it's, produced... It's I feel it's pronounced Scheinert. Scheinert. How about that? Yeah. Thank you. All right, there you go. So uh, Daniel Schneider and Daniel Kwan also co-produced with a 
a number of other people, including uh, Jonathan Wang, and uh, oddly, it doesn't say Michelle Yeoh, but uh, I, she, I know her name she, was in the credits. I just watched a movie today. Yeah, that's why I'm yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah, she produced it as well. Uh, but the film stars Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Sue, K. Hu Kwan, Jenny Slate, Harry Shum Jr., James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis. Among others, the film came out uh, March 25th, 2022, everywhere in the United States. Uh, it's a fairly long film, um, two hours and I think 19 minutes. The film budget was 14.3 to 25 million, uh, depending on what sources you go to, and made 112.7 million dollars at the box office. Uh, the film has generally received uh, good reviews um, by critics and above-average reviews by uh, audiences. Um, and now the film is available, unfortunately, only to purchase um, on VOD uh, rather than finding it on any uh, streaming services or even a rental um, on the cheap. You have to actually pay for it. Um, oh, you're still better about it, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 1999 uh, kind of sucks for uh, to pay for VOD, um, which I think you generally agree with, Eric. You generally agree with. Not but, to buy. To rent, or, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. But I I, I wanted to rent, but I was forced to buy because uh, that's the only way. I oh, you'll watch this again. You know what? I screwed up. I could have probably. No. No. Yeah. 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 You couldn't. You couldn't rent it elsewhere. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, it it's, it is what it is. Um. So uh, we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And um, let me s- go with you, Mike, first. Yeah. Let's go with Mike. I don't know. Uh, it is uh, free if you subscribe to Showtime. The same. Yes, that is true. You're absolutely right. I, I forgot about that. I didn't have that service though. Um, it, it's it's also free if you already purchased the the, the 4K back in Black Friday for like ten or eleven dollars. But anyway, uh, that's uh, uh, yeah. I don't remember how I heard about it. I remember I think seeing an ad for it, um, a trailer for it, uh, sometime in early. 20 or mid 2022 and uh thinking okay they got michelle yo and jamie lee curtis in a multiverse film martial arts film science fictiony thing um that seems neat and i'm trying to think when i went to see it i think it was uh uh maybe less that was it was an early release last year wasn't it Pretty early, yeah. Yeah, March. Okay, so it must have been last March I went to see it. I drove to – I had to drive to uh, the Palisade Center, which is about an hour for me to go to see it. And I remember asking my wife if she wanted to see it. She didn't have any interest. And Right uh, on the Hudson? Palisades on the Hudson? Uh, I'm not sure how close it is to the Hudson River. I mean, we're in the anyway. Hudson Valley, so it's, no, we're not never really that far from the river. But uh, So – it's right off the Palisades Parkway. Uh, yeah, that's fine. that's across the river. Yep. Anyway, continue. That's um, in Jersey too, right? Is that right? Or, no, no, that's actually yeah, no, that's New York. <laughs> yeah, that part of it's in New York. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, it was, and uh, I, I, I love the film because it was so much better than I could have expect, uh, expected. It was a movie that constantly surprised me. Had uh, one of the funniest, to me, gags of the year. 
that I should have seen coming and didn't. Or maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know. Uh, the best fight sequences of the year. What's that? Chekhov's. There are, well, it has one of the best Chekhov's of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I have two of the best Chekhov's of the year. I'll 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 go with that. Um. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're if we want to spoil it at the moment, but um, <laughs> that's why I trailed off. <laughs> yeah. 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 We we don't want to spoil it until we throw up. But it's Chekhov's, Chekhov's IRS award and uh and a animal. <laughs> right, right, but but, but we, you know we're, we're trying to get your you know how you yes, yes, yes. where you heard no, about no, so I, I absolutely love it. Well, he was trying to, so but then you interrupted him. And what? I think it's uh, <laughs> I think I think it was remarkably well done. I, I am amazed at how much is packed into this movie, and I never really felt confused. Yeah, I'm not going to say I caught everything. Certainly not the the first time, and not on the third time. I'm just finishing uh, watching it now. But you know, because it's so packed with with detail, and there's there's scenes where things flash by, or like you know, a hundred images in a in a few seconds. So you're not going to catch literally everything. But I still followed the story. I held on. But it's really the the, the character work that I think does it and makes the film sells the film, so it's not just um, an action sci-fi spectacle. So, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy the film. I'm very glad that it, it's uh, found the success it has, uh, that it won the awards it did, even though I'm, I've heard a lot of bitter clash afterwards. We'll discuss that later. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, um, I heard about it uh because I think I think it may have been Eric, um, but but it, it was it was a little buzz. I talked about this out. movie a lot. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little buzz, and then I know one of the two uh, of us. And then I know um, it started expanding from uh, a limited type of release to a bigger release. Uh, I think it's an A twenty four film. And Eric said he saw it and he thought it was really good. Uh, said that it may be his favorite film of all time at one point. That may have been hyperbolic at the time that you said that, but it may be true. But either way, you liked it a whole lot. And uh, then I know Mike saw it and he said he liked it too. And um, I just never was able to get to see it, especially during the time frame that it came out because um, it was late. March, so basically around, around this time uh, last year, and and things were were beginning uh, with the kids and, and stuff. So I, I just I usually don't go to the films much anymore unless unless it's specifically for this podcast um, or or a film for the kids. Um, and we weren't doing it as an episode, so uh, and and this definitely isn't for kids. Um, so uh, I rent I was going to rent it, but of course I can't. So I bought it. Um, on VOD last night, and watched it last night. Um, and I, I think I'm going to be a minority opinion here because I didn't like the film at all. Oh my um, god! I, I probably will not watch it again either. Um, so you uh, just don't act, like good movies. The acting is pretty <laughs> solid. Uh, I don't know if it was worth the awards it got because I haven't seen any of the other films. Though I, I heard Tor uh, may have been a film that that. Um, could have won a lot of awards. Mike brought that one up, and then I read a lot of good things about that. But I don't even know what was up for awards. I, I don't know. So the awards, that doesn't really matter. The question is the film. Um, and for me, 
Um, the acting was really good, but I, I didn't think anything was funny in the film. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, I know why people thought it was confusing, but I, I got it. I've seen stuff like this before, and this is the type of stuff that we would we would watch, meaning people like me, you, Eric, and you, Mike, and people that may listen to this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – it just wasn't for me. I, I didn't really like it at all. I, I think the film will be forgotten in like five years from now. I don't, I don't think – I mean, it won't be forgotten, but I don't think it will be listed as a great film as – people are saying I, I think it will be one of those films that won an academy award for best picture and people will say oh it should have been a different film but you know whatever uh but again i haven't seen any other films either that are up so i have no idea i just know that i didn't really like this film much at all all right let's go with you eric well i think you're wrong uh because you're the, f- the absolute first person i've talked to that's seen this movie that didn't love it <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard about this movie because I listened to the film cast. Um, and one of the hosts of the film cast is David Chen, uh, whose parents are Chinese immigrants. Um, and one of the other hosts is Devendra Hardwar, who is totally into uh, martial arts films. So he's a big Michelle Yeoh fan. Uh, and so I watched it in the theater so I could hear them talk about it. And I just, I love this movie. Um, I mean, we're always complaining about how things aren't original. I don't think films get much more original than this one. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff in this movie you've never seen anywhere else. Um, I like the story. I liked the message. Um, and it's a really fascinating combination of um, action, comedy, and family drama. Um, and I really like the fact that um, at the end, it all comes back around, um, to the family relationships. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, I don't think it's my favorite movie of all time, but it's, but it's up there. It's, it's top 50 for damn sure. Um, uh, yeah. And it was my favorite movie of last year. Um, so I love this movie and I think it deserves all the awards at one. The only the only slight disappointment in the award department for me is that both Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu were nominated for supporting actress. And while I love Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I think Stephanie Hsu actually gave a better performance in this movie. Um, but other than that, I'm really, really happy with all the success it's had. Uh, it's also just kind of a interesting movie as far as the financials go. I think it was made, depending on who you ask, anywhere between 15 and $25 million um, to make this movie. Um, and it ended up becoming A24's top box office hit of all time. Um, and there were only nine people who worked on the visual effects for this movie, which when you compare that with the five-minute list at the end of a Marvel movie is pretty damn impressive. Um so I think this movie was made with talent and heart, and I love it. All right, sounds good. So uh, that was our opinion on the film. And uh, a footnote, I, I kept on asking to get this film to be on Dark Discussions as an episode, and, and um, that's one of the reasons why we have this podcast here, I guess. Because <laughs> yes. Eric kept, kept on saying, nope. Oh, it has to be on a different podcast. So no, I, um, I want somebody else to see it so they can confirm with me 
And uh, it came up a couple times when Mike wasn't around. Then one night when Mike and Barrett were had both seen it, I was like, what do you guys think? And they both said, nah, it's not their discussions. So no, I, it's it's not dark. <laughs> it gets a little dark at points, but. Well, I mean, their Disney cartoons are dark at points. True, um, true. Yep, it's true. Well, I, that, the re- reason, you know, Mission Impossible, that's that was a dark one because he was a guy who was trying to blow up the world. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Anyway, um, Eric, do we have a IMDb or Wiki? Wiki, Wiki. A middle-aged Chinese immigrant is swept up into an insane adventure in which she alone can save existence by exploring other universes and connecting with the lives she could have led. All right. Um, sounds good. Um, speaking of, uh, what we do here, basically we review the film as, as we do, but we're not just a review podcast. We also dissect and critique. Uh, so at one point we'll throw up a spoiler alert and discuss anything and everything related to the film, including specific plot points, the ending, things of that nature. Uh, but before then we usually throw up, uh, the spoiler alert after the fact and we talk about general stuff related to, uh, the film and whatnot. Uh, so just a heads up there at this point where we're not in the spoiler section. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it is, a, a, I guess, quote unquote original film though. I mean, we've seen multiverses in, in Marvel movies as well as Rick and Morty and, and all these other places. So, so when I saw this film, I was not confused. Like, I guess some audience members who didn't like the film, um, stated because of the multiverses and they were didn't know what was going on. But again, I, I've seen a lot of this as, as both you, Eric, and you, Mike, have as well, whether you watch Marvel films or Rick or Morty or any other thing like that. Um, so I, I didn't think that was necessarily a problem uh, at all. Um, so where do we, else do we want to go? What, uh, that's not spoiler. Well, I'll say there's, there's two things. One, that the, after the Oscars for a day or two, I did hear a lot of people who didn't say like they they didn't like the movie they hated the movie almost every one of them was close to James Hong's age you know it's just um there were old people who it was too fast it was too confusing i didn't know what was going on now we're not quite there yet um did you have the numbers to put that mike I, 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 well you said that most of the people that didn't like it were old are you sure about that the ones that i heard were Okay, you specifically heard. Okay, gotcha. Right. The ones that were saying that it was that they that it was too confusing. Like I know Barrett's wife, the co-host of the Dark Discussions, he, he she didn't like it at all, um, and she's about our age, I think. But anyway, continue, Mike. But it also would help. So like, there's nothing new about the multiverse concept. That's been around for decades. Um, you know, DC Comics was doing it in the 1950s with different iterations of their characters. Uh, and it doesn't start there either, right? So, um, but if you were a nerd who's been living this stuff for a long time, I think it's going to be less jarring. But I think it's not just the multiverse concept. It's how everything is presented because things are presented to you very quickly. And I've seen a number of people where it's like when you push them on it, it's like, well, they were folding laundry this time. You know, they're watching it, which is weird to do in the movie theater. Uh, but it's like it's a film that you really have to focus on. Oh, and, and, and a good portion is a subtitle too, Mike. So, right, you, you have to – if you're not paying attention. Oh, some portions are – yeah, and there's subtitles, but I, I don't know how many people are watching it 
with the uh, for the subtitles. And uh, you know what? People have watched a lot of things. How much of? Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, you have to pay attention, not just because it's right. quick, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. subtitles. That's what I meant. But because yeah. you're subtitles, because mm-hmm. you're going to miss a lot. So when people say that I, I was confused, it's like, well, did you? Were you paying attention? <laughs> and sometimes they aren't, and that's and they'll go no. It's like well, maybe you need to go back and watch it while paying attention to it. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to enjoy it, but it does mean you're going to give it a chance because this is not um, this is not a Spider-Man film where you can probably pay attention to uh, you know two thirds of it and still follow what's going along. To, to be fair, if I can interject, this is assuming people that watched it weren't fully paying attention. Some people that don't like no, the film. Sure. I am referring to the people who were not who, who admitted to not paying attention gotcha. while they're watching the movie. Okay, so these are these are. In, on top of the people who who are older that you were talking oh, to, those, those were the base, two basic categories I've I've gotcha. seen thus far. Phil's is going to try as hard as he can to convince us that everybody should hate this movie. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to clar- clarify points. Yeah, no, that's I, I did. I was very clear. Those are those no, no, basically just, uh, what I have seen of the people who did not like the film. Um, obviously, every there is nothing that appeals to everyone uh, except perhaps the late Betty White. So, and I'm even there. I'm sure someone's out there going, "Now that cunt." But, um, yeah, not everything appeals to everybody. Um, I had a funny feeling that you were not going to like it, Phil. Um, I don't, I'm not sure why, but I just did. Um, but I think it's uh, maybe it's too upbeat and positive and not dark drama y enough, but. Um, yeah, I think I just I don't know that that's that's what I saw. That's like the two main criticisms I saw from people, and I, I think one is much more understandable, which is if it's uh, if it's going to add too much of a fast pace for people who grew up on a on a diet of films that were closer to say Lawrence of Arabia, you know, which is a a, a very deliberate, which is more deliberately paced. Um, you know, the people who are complaining about the MTV generation thirty years ago. Um, <laughs> And all those rapid cuts, you know, it's uh, maybe this might have been too could very well have gone by too fast. Well, and and honestly, I can if people don't like it for that reason, I can I can kind of get it. It is it is it is very fast. Um, however, I think it's credit to the filmmakers that as as much as they throw at you, it's generally pretty easy to keep up with. I think it is. I thought. It was edited brilliantly um, because there's so much coming at you. And personally, there was so much going on. And I, you know, granted that this is a, a subgenre I'm familiar, I'm very, very familiar with, but I never felt lost. It's a, there was, um, you know, so like I saw one complaining about the, about the award in the film uh, for, for reasons. And it's like seemed to have missed the whole concept of, Doing these completely random, unpredictable actions being the key to tapping into alternate timelines. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, sometimes you miss a point. You miss a point. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, who knows uh, the general reasons why people didn't like it or did like it, um, but. That's probably some of the criticisms that that people may see online. Uh, Mike uh, has mentioned uh, what what he what he saw. Uh, so that makes sense. 
Um, Eric, you about to say something, I think? Um, I may have been thinking really loudly. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, there are some people out there who are uh, not fond of Asians um, that are always pretty vocal, so they've been out there too. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, we we all know that uh, um, what, for whatever reason, there's, there's um, tribalism and, and people are bigots and whatnot. <laughs> I haven't seen that, though, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, what about you with your wife? She didn't want to see it. Did she see it since and, and her thoughts? Oh, yeah. She wanted to know why it is, you know, like uh, when uh, when I told her I saw the movie, why I didn't tell her I, I went to see the movie. And so when did you go see it? When I told you I was going to see that movie with Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis about the multiverse and you said you didn't want to see it? <laughs> That's what I told you. Right, that but, but somehow she's she seen it but, since. But she has seen it since, and she liked it a lot. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to say that I think one of the greatest stories about this movie is Kihi Kwan, um, who hadn't been in a movie for Dr. Like, Jones, Dr. Jones, for like 20 years prior to this. Uh, yeah, he was short round in Temple of Doom and he was, uh, data in Goonies. And then I don't know if he did a whole lot after that. Um, and basically, he he semi retired from Hollywood just because there weren't a whole lot of roles for Asian actors, and ones that were out there were were usually um, offensively stereotypical. Um, so he just like took a back seat for a while until he found something that was worth his time, and this was it. And he came back, and man, did he knock it out of the party! He was great in this movie. Yeah, some people are. Uh, it was a running joke on on the internet. Was people saying um, uh, Harrison Ford has never won an Academy Award? Well, he has. Which is kind of funny because um, <laughs> they starred the, in the the film together, and then uh, you know, and Harrison Ford is considered one of the great actors of our generation, anyway, or not our generation, but our, our time frame of being an audience member. And he's never won. And then, um, like you said, he, this this guy here, he took. Uh, 20 years off or whatever it was, and he comes back roaring uh, and wins an Academy Award. And, and to be honest, I think it's this is kind of like the Samuel L. Jackson Pulp Fiction thing where Jackson was, was nominated as a supporting actor just as this guy here, and yet both of them could have been nominated as, as lead actor because their roles right. were huge, and uh-huh. it makes no sense that... that um, I, I found guy, that a little bit odd myself. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was, it was kind of uh, like if he's the supporting actor, then who is the lead actor, right? Uh, well, well <laughs> yeah, I, I they think do that that's a choice you, sometimes you because that the the studio makes they they decide who the character is suitable for who they want the actor to run as mm-hmm. or actress who they want to submit them for. Uh, that's why they have those ads submitted for your approval, uh, and they just know that they have a better chance of winning in one category. He wouldn't have beaten Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Right. Probably I don't know. I, I haven't he, seen that film, so if, I couldn't tell you. If, well, if anybody could have beaten Brendan Fraser, it might have been him. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know who was nominated against Brendan Fraser, to be honest. Yeah, so. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, yeah, he he was almost a shoo-in. But sort of like Hannibal Lecter was the lead actor for Silence of the Lambs, and he had far less screen time in right. that film. Right, right. Um, and he was up against um, Warren Beatty for Bugsy, you know, who was in like every scene of that film. You know, it's uh, it, it's just it's just weird 
the rules, I really think there should be stricter uh, guidelines for that. Mm-hmm. Now, but very rarely have I found not, myself. Not my award show. So. Very rarely have I found myself being as happy for someone's success as I have been with Kiki Kwan because he just seems like such a good guy. <laughs> I'm really happy for his success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would concur. Yep. So yeah, so Austin Butler. Oh yeah, a lot of people thought Austin Butler could have won for Elvis Presley. Yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nighy. So yeah. But um, yeah, it was just interesting. So um, I don't know who, who who was saying that they don't like Asians, or is it your? Are, are yeah, you, uh, Twitter, I, I Twitter people. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I thought you so meant that, that could be just be random, random asshole. I mean, there's always going to be racism on Twitter. Yeah, but I mean, my I'm not going to dispute that there's racist assholes on Twitter, but I also never know like the more provocative shit that's out there, you never know if they're real people or if they are bots right. that are trying True. to stir shit up. Um, Twitter. True. And now, admittedly, you can have a bot that that's like, I don't like these damn Asian assholes, and then 43 other people go, yeah! And you're like, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. um, See, I, I don't follow much on on twitter so i i I'm, i didn't see that but i i can concur that um i've heard about it that yeah. about see, just just craziness on twitter put it that way or any any social media for that matter see, to me what what's what's a telltale sign of the quality of the film is that it's a uh, a movie that came out in 2022 that featured a strong female lead who was asian with a weak male husband and uh a daughter who is a lesbian and you didn't hear anyone complaining about it being too woke mm-hmm. which um is kind of where that would go and right. i i admit and i've said on the podcast i think that sometimes you can feel like the the checking of the boxes in certain casting mm-hmm. but i've also for reasons as you cited like have all, all long been in favor of casting people for you know outside of the very narrow spectrum that Hollywood does. So for mm-hmm. uh, Kiki Kwan, you know, not quitting acting because he couldn't get a, a halfway decent role as a young Asian man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a weird line to draw. It's really hard to sometimes do the right thing for the right reasons mm-hmm. in a way that isn't beating people over the head with it either, you know, where you're not, not you're not patting yourself on the back. Well, um, and in addition to that, this movie was actually, um, it's really important <laughs> to, to the Asian community. Uh, yeah. Because the, that's, that's one of the basis of the, of the story um, is relationships within that, that, Chinese immigrant family and like I, I listened to David Chen talk about this and he was saying like that interaction towards the beginning of the movie when the daughter is going to leave and Michelle Yeo tells her stop wait I have to tell you something and then says you have to take better care of yourself for getting fat uh, yes and that's like <laughs> David Chen was talking about that's something his mother would do because it's their culture is just not they just don't 
tell each other that they love each other. You know, like they're 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 not in the habit of saying caring things to each other. So their their method of caring comes out like that. Well, I'm, I'm assuming rude. I'm, so, <laughs> but, I'm assuming he's only talking about Chinese, right? Because Asia is is like huge. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there were there were other there were other Asian people of Asian descent that commented on it too. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll take the word for it. But again, you know, I don't usually try to. Yeah, but I think all, is there's there's a lot there's there are differences between English, French, German. You know, as European cultures, there's certain commonalities too, and I think just as there's differences between Asia, between Chinese, Korean, Japanese, there's also certain commonalities there too, um, because there are cultures that at some point branched off from each other. Realistically, um, I, I take your point, Phil, but I, I've I've heard people that are that are not Chinese say it too. Right. Well, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that statement either, Mike. Um, because well, at some point they were all related, Phil. That was they, they were not right, but but that's why the DNA yeah. things can point, pinpoint that you have nothing to do with being Chinese if you were born in Japan. Phil, are you just going to argue with everything that everybody says all night? <laughs> well, I I just want to keep things uh, politically correct as, as much as possible. Um, <laughs> okay. I do, but on on a on a side note, um, fortunately, uh, this 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 wave of uh, Films where East Asians have been um, getting lead roles as as started up uh, even further back than this uh, with Crazy Rich Asians that was uh-huh. a huge blockbuster too so 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 it is going in the right trend for uh, folks. that was the movie that actually inspired Kihi Kwan to start auditioning again oh there you go so so the roles can be there and then of course. Uh, um, you know, you you can just make a film and, and have Asian folk play any role as well. That isn't just specifically Asian culture and families too. So mm-hmm. Hollywood could, or even independent film could expand and just say, hey, you know what? Uh, Michelle Yeoh is, is a damn good actress, and we need a sixty-year-old woman. Why not cast her instead of the you know? The- no, no, I I agree completely. I was just trying to make the point that. Uh, the Daniels, who who created this movie, uh, specifically included the Chinese immigrant experience on purpose. Gotcha. That's gotcha. all I was trying to say. Oh, right, right. And I was just trying to expand to say yeah. that, that it's, it's moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, and I think it's not just the, the immigrant experience, even though they are immigrants. It's also, like I said, it's a cultural thing about – it's not like just the immigrants don't deal with each other that way. It's That's something mm-hmm. different with them from the mainland. Come again, Mike? What, the, what, what about mainland? What? You're disappearing, Mike. We can't hear you. Eric, you, you don't hear me. Eric, there you go. I wasn't saying anything. I was waiting for you to stop. <laughs> I was no, saying you, you, no Eric would agree that you, you faded out. You, you, you did good out for a second there. It's all yeah. good, though. Yeah. Um, no, but... Uh... <laughs> I, was saying, Phil, hold on, I was saying, Phil, that it wasn't just... That it's not just the, the immigrant experience. That issue of the relationship factor... Is obviously something they brought with them. They didn't. Just, it's not something unique to the Asian immigrants. It's an Asian. True. True. Yeah. However, uh, listening there- to people talk about it, um, the 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 next generation that grows up here in America has a way more difficult time relating to their parents here because 
they're surrounded by the American culture, which is totally the antithesis of what their parents are expecting from them. Yeah, and I I, I grew up in a town where there, like I, I knew some folks like um this this kid that I knew his his mother was Hungarian right from Hungary and a really thick accent and whatnot, and he always got in you know squabbles with her all the time while her his father was was born in the states. And he got along much better with his father, and 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 so I think that that can happen for sure. And I would concur that um, that as you get further away from um, the first generation or the immigrant generation, mm-hmm. um, the culture changes. You know, and, and like like a lot of people will will like Mike's parents, for example, that one's Italian, one's Irish. You know, well a hundred years ago. They wouldn't have anything to do with each other, you know. So things change. Wasn't happy about two of his daughters marrying Irishmen. Yes, exactly. That's my point. So and and um, these things can happen, you know. Like like my uncle Joe, uh, he just passed away uh, two years ago. He would only marry someone that was Portuguese because he was Portuguese. While my mother was like Portuguese, and she was like married a Frenchman and their parents didn't care, but the brother cared, you know? So it was, mm-hmm. it's just interesting how, how it works where ethnicities are like that. Sometimes, um, the closer from, you know, the, to the immigrant generation, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. For the, that's the way you point. get from it, the, you know, yeah, the more yeah. diluted it gets. Yeah. Or, or, or you could say it's more the melting bullshit. pot, right? You could say it's the melting pot too, right? It depends on perspective, I guess. But you definitely, mm-hmm. you definitely get away from it. Yeah. And it also is where, where you live, right? I mean, it's kind of interesting is like my nephews grew up in Jersey and so they're Jersey people, you know, and, and yet their ancestors all were New Englanders prior to that. And yet they have no attachment to New England. So it, it's, it's interesting how things work like that. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's because we're creatures that that learn. <laughs> there is no genetic predisposition predisposition towards culture. Um, yeah, that's true. Like I said, that that's why the, the, those commercials for whatever is twenty three and me are, are nonsense, right? Where they're like, mm-hmm. I always thought I was Scottish, but then I found, found out, out I'm actually seventy two percent German, and now oh, German. I'm yeah, wearing right. Lederhosen. It's like, no, God, no. <laughs> No. But, well, people just know, want to identify with something, I guess, and if they don't feel like they're a part of something, right? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. It is, but I'm just saying it's that that's a weird, like, m- mindset. And it's, I would concur. But you see that, like, when you hear people say, I don't know if you've heard this, but there's a stereotype of Asians being smart. Are you familiar with it? <laughs> um, we know that the so-called smart Asians become dumb old Americans within two generations. And it's because they don't have that background of the, what's been called the tiger moms, right? The, right. Um, you know, the ones that make you sit and learn piano every day or whatever it is, uh, practice your violin. Mike, if I could interject for a second, I think yeah. the number one, uh, the, the, most successful immigrant population right now in the United States Nigerians. is Nigerians. Yeah, Nigerians, right? That's well, that is in Asia. So. No, no, Nigeria is Africa. Is it Africa? I thought it was Asia. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, no, no, it's Africa. Yeah, south, uh, north, 
Niger, right. East. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's yeah, right near Ghana and all those countries. Off. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, yeah, but no, absolutely right. That, that's, that's, regardless, though, like, there's, there's, there's all sorts of things I don't want to get into politically. But, the point is that it's a, it's a cultural thing, right? Culture yes. is not in your genes. Culture is about where you come from, not who you are genetically. And when you, you have the first generation grows up in the United States, they still have what was imposed upon them by their parents. But by the time mm-hmm. you get to the grandparents, the a good old American contamination has completely ruined their Asianness. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's points of this movie. It, it depends on, yeah. on, on on your perspective. I mean, I mean you're, you're obviously saying the tainted and, and the lazy yeah, American okay. and, and whatever. But but uh, to be politically correct, um, I, I see your point. However. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't go that far and, and, and poo-poo the American experience either. I mean, there's a reason why folks always say We're pointing out that it's very, very different than the Chinese. <laughs> right, right. Well, well I, I, right, right. And I was just saying, it's like, like um, what was his name? Um, uh, Kei Hu Kwan said in his acceptance speech, you know, saying that it was, you know, America's great and all this other stuff. And that's the reason why his family came to America from Nam was, mm-hmm. was because he, you know, this is it. This is the place. So it's, it's a good place. It's just, you're right though. There, there can be, um, unfortunately, um, the certain generations of, of children can, can grow up to be less, have a drive for a sense because they, are more successful. They were born more su- with, with successful parents versus the immigrant who came here trying to become successful. Well, and it's also just the expectations, and that's that's something that comes up and 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 rears its head towards the end of this movie uh, with a relationship between Michelle Yeoh's daughter and uh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh and her daughter in the movie um, and her father. And her father is is that her father had a very strict expectations for her, and pretty much stopped talking to her for a long time when she didn't meet them, and then she's been imposing that same set of expectations on her daughter, and at the end of the movie she eventually says, "No, you know what, Dad? F you, I'm not doing that to my daughter anymore, and I can't believe that you did it to me." Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I don't want to poo-poo on anybody's culture either. As Mike said, you know, we were trying to be as politically correct and, and nice no, as no, possible. No, no, I didn't say that. You're saying you're trying to be as politically correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely trying to be. So, uh, like, like, I work with a number of, uh, folks, uh, from India, and, and they, a lot of them have arranged marriages. I'm talking and, about this movie. Right, right, right. But this, this is the, the point. This, this, this movie. Right, right. <laughs> But all the, I the mean, things that happened in this movie. Right. But I, I don't understand what you're trying to say. I'm trying to make a point, which is an analogy, which is that culturally, some cultures may be more strict. And and in this movie here, there, there's the analogy, Eric, the, the grandfather and the mother decided to do something different, whether it's their individual – I guess internal belief system, or if it's just generational that they decide to change 
you know, the further away from the older generation um, can be de- can be determined how it is. So, like, you know, the Indian folk analogy would the you know the ones that necessarily live in the United States may not have certain traditions that they would have in the homeland or the old country, if you prefer. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I like think arranged marriages. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, I guess there's the good and the bad, right? The, the good of the traditional is, as Mike and you, you were saying too, Eric, which is they have um, the tiger mom, or, or they, you know, they have a, you know, be successful, strive, or whatever, and then. The, the negative of that is is you lack independence and your ability to, to make your own decisions, I guess. Well, and I don't even think I'm trying to paint it as good and bad. I'm just trying to say it's different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not even trying to paint it as good as bad either. I'm just trying to say that – make a point, which is that it's interesting how it can be both – have positives and negatives in one package. Yes. There's no – it's all great. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think the film is saying don't push your children to have, you know, great goals and, and strive towards achieving things. I think it's saying, you know, that you have to love your children. Don't make it conditional yeah, yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're damn right. You know, and don't be ashamed of your children. Now, and that's that's where the, the, the gay daughter comes in, right? Because she's – that creates a generational conflict because I don't know that – I get this. I don't necessarily get the sense that she's ashamed of the daughter for being a lesbian, but she's definitely afraid to tell the father. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Of that, and that create creates some tension um, for that, and that's the, the that's why this is not just a token homosexual relationship in the film, just to right. check the box off. It's there for right, a right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's. It's something that a lot of families have experienced uh, through the years, right? I mean, um, and, and the one person, whether it's generational or there's some other belief, may not be as accepting as another person in the same family. Mm-hmm. So now that we've covered all that, is there anything else we want to say about the movie before we get into spoilers? Oh, I, 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 what's that, Mike? No, nothing, nothing. Oh, I, I wanted to bring this up, uh, not related to the movie, but related to loving your kids, as Mike said, which is a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, playing Injustice I mean, League not with, with my daughters tonight, um, whenever they lost, by, when I ever be, I beat them tonight, even though they beat me plenty of times, um, they got real pissed. <laughs> and, they, and, and I'm wondering if I was a bad dad to, to beat them. But they crushed me like, three or four. You know, times. if you let them win a fair amount of the time, it's all good. They they yeah. need to know they can lose. Right, right. And I don't even have to pretend to lose because mm-hmm. they're pretty damn good. So um, when I do win, though, they, we're all now, equal in playership. If, if you beat them and then spike your controller and start dancing around, <laughs> and go, finish, then then you might be a bad dad. <laughs> right, right, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, teach them to to be strong and to be tough and how to deal with, with adversity. <laughs> they got a man up! 
That's right. That's right. And I'm picturing in the, that into my head right now, and it's absolutely hilarious. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're attempted to – they kind of rub well, it Oh, you can beat me at office trivia? <laughs> well, the, the worst is is like, like if I'm winning – and my and my oldest daughter is 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 just watching. Mm-hmm. She'll she'll try to high five me. Great job, Dad! Just to piss off the sister. And it's like, oh, of course, of course, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of funny. So it's 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 tough sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be great to spike it. What, what what would that be in like Married with Children or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. oh, oh, Homer Simpson doing it. I could see him doing it too. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, now, uh, yeah, and so I guess we can throw up the spoiler alert then, right? That's what you were applying, Eric, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do that. We'll throw up the uh, spoiler alert, and uh, at this point, we'll talk about everything and anything. So, uh, and, and honestly, most times I would say uh, don't dare listen to the rest of this until you've seen the movie. But honestly, <laughs> just taking this movie in is such an experience. I don't even think – like if I sat down and told you every single thing that happens in the movie – you're, you're still not going to get it until you see it. <laughs> and, and we would be here for many, many hours. Yes. Yes. So we're going to be talking about some stuff. And a lot of it's probably going to sound very, very random. Uh, and, and honestly, part of it is because it's presented in the movie in a very, very random way. Indeed. Indeed. So yeah, I think I think we're we're we we could state exactly what you said, Eric. Uh, keep on listening; it shouldn't affect you. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah, very fine. Very fine. All right, all right. So uh, where do we want to begin? Who wants to go? What do we want to talk about? Well, I will just say that I knew this is going to be one of my favorite movies of all time uh, when they had the fanny pack fight. <laughs> That was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> that somebody could just whoop a bunch of people's ass with a fanny pack is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whooping people with dildos and little dogs. <laughs> yeah. And oh, the little dog that was just, that was great. That was just that was. I'm going to say an homage to uh, at the very least to Kill Bill when you have uh, what's oh yeah with Go Go. Chain. They got the they got the the, the woman from the uh, not community Parks and Rec. Uh, I can't think. Jenny of Slate. Name. Yeah, Jenny Slate. Yeah, that was her, right? Little, little, mm-hmm. little, dog. little dog. Yeah, so little dog. so she she was um uh she was the first checkoff. She I was think. one checkoff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of them in there. Uh, there's a lot of things come around. The, the eyes, the, us butt plug. The googly eyes. Googly eyes, right, right, right. Um, circles everywhere when you look. The googly eyes being one of them, the, the mm-hmm. washing machines being another, uh, the circle on the tax form. Uh, all of these things are just uh, – it's, it's packed. And there are things like they got the idea, they said, for the googly eye, like at the end, I guess mm-hmm. let's – commentary track and they basically went back and backfilled in the googly eyes in the film mm-hmm. so it was some, wasn't something there originally it, they, but they had the idea of her like taking the bullet in the forehead and turning it into a googly eye to give you that the third eye right and then they went alright googly eyes everywhere <laughs> um, 
Well, and there was a lot of stuff that they thought about putting in the movie and didn't, and then a lot of stuff that was supposed to be a throwaway gag and ended up becoming a running thing, like the, the whole thing with the hot dog fingers. <laughs> that was supposed to be like a throwaway joke. And then they just kept on bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing it back again. And and for me, the uh, as I said in our end of the year episode, uh, the probably the most disturbing thing I saw. <laughs> Sorry, was that for me? That was probably the most disturbing thing all year was them eating each other's hot dog fingers. Yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> well, and and well, apparently you listened to the commentary too. So uh, the Daniels were saying that they they made Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh squirt so much ketchup and mustard into each other's mouths <laughs> and just kept on filming and filming and filming and then when they saw the final cut both of them were like that's all you used <laughs> they were mad about it <laughs> oh boy so the basic premise of this movie is that Michelle Yeoh is running a failing laundromat. She's about, I don't know if she's just getting her taxes filed or if she's being audited. Um, did either of you catch that with clarity? Um, I, th- I think it, it, it was auditing because, okay. because she had to explain all those things. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she's, she's getting audited on her taxes and it's really stressful. And her husband, Wayman, is a pretty happy-go-lucky, carefree guy, uh, always trying to make everybody laugh. Um, but, uh, Michelle Yeoh is very intense and worried about the taxes and everything with the business end. Um, and I guess, uh, Wayman isn't really happy because at the beginning of the movie, you see that he's got divorce papers. Uh, and he's trying to get Michelle Yeoh to, like, stop everything she's doing long enough to talk to her about this. Um, and she just won't stop. She just keeps on going. So they set up that whole relationship at the beginning of the movie, and they have the, the daughter, Joy, who is a lesbian, and you meet her girlfriend at the beginning of the movie. And the dad uh, named her, right? Had to. Huh? The dad had to have picked the name. What name? Joy. 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 Oh yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, and they end up going to. They end up going to the IRS um, and bringing Joy with them um, just to make sure there's no uh, miscommunication. And that that would be the one and only time anyone ever brought yeah. Joy to the IRS. <laughs> and and the, the grandpa they brought too. Right. 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 So they get to the IRS building, and while they're there, a weird incident happens in the elevator where Waymond kind of transforms and starts talking to Evelyn um, about being from another universe <laughs> and how she has to help. And Michelle Yeoh doesn't even know what to think. Um, so at this point, this is, this is our mechanism into the multiverse, uh, which is that Wayman from another universe keeps on leaping into this universe's Wayman's body to talk to Evelyn. Um, 
and honestly, I really loved um, the way that Kihi Kwan did the transformation between when he was Alpha Waymond and when he was just regular Waymond. <laughs> I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> so, what what did you guys think at the scene in the elevator when he changed all of a sudden? Well, I, I it immediately reminded me of um, Rick and Morty. And all that stuff. So I, I figured that's where it was going to go. Um, as as a scene itself, um, that yeah, the actor was phenomenal because he played this, uh, the same person completely differently, showing that he, he has a wide range in his acting ability. Um, did it surprise me? I, I don't know if it surprised me because I knew it was going that route sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And that just happened to be the moment that it happened. Right. Um, as for humor, um, I, I didn't see any humor in it. Um, but I don't. I don't think it was supposed to be a, a huge humor moment at the at that point either. Uh, but it was well done. It was all well done. I, I liked how he uh, had this device, and it starts scanning Evelyn to connect her with her different lives and all, all other universes. But it's like going through her history. Um, I thought it was a great expositional device because you got to see all of Evelyn's backstory back from when her father was disapproving of their relationship to when she decided to come to America with Waymond anyway to when, uh, when, uh, Oh, even back to when she was born, and the doctor told her father, "Sorry, it's a girl." Um, it just it just has these quick flashes. It basically brings you through her entire personal history from when she was born up to present time in about two minutes. And I thought it was a great right. way of telling you a lot about that character in a short Wait, period of time. Let me ask you this, Eric: um, When Waylon pulls out the the little device. <laughs> you know that that you wear on your like like headphones. Um, where did that come from? Because the fanny pack. But why was it in the fanny pack? How did it get there? That's I I, I never understood how. It got I there. I think with the way things appear and disappear and move between universes, I don't know that that's matters. That that matters a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. I, yeah. So I can just ignore that. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay. No, I think I do think there was some humor in in it because in just the way Michelle Yeoh reacts to him and to his character and to the situation and like it's, she's confused. Yeah, because he pulls on. out the umbrella too, which which makes See, it the whole. Right, I was going to get to the. I, I and I actually liked the way that it was shot um, with them pulling up the umbrella to hide them the conversation from the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought that was. I thought the whole scene really was nice, and they set it up, and they explained the concept pretty quickly to the audience. I, again, some people were confused. I don't know if this was a thing that they were confused by um, or what, but there were there were, there were definitely there were people confused. But the idea that oh, between this scene and the next couple that follow, just the idea that it's doing random things. Is what triggers this, right? Is what lets you slide between different alternate realities by taking a path that create a reality that nobody would have created because nobody would just eat a mouthful of chapstick. <laughs> right. 
yeah, it's it's hand weird. sanitizer in their eyes. Yeah, it's weird. Random things, not just random things, right? Right, it had right because you said you know, it's like, like it's eating bubble gum that it, was under a desk. I almost threw up when I saw that. Right. <laughs> that <was laughs> Here's pretty, another reason. Oh, yes, there we go. That was pretty gross. But I think I think oh, the, what the deal is is in the alpha verse. This is where they initially discovered that there was a, a multiverse that there's a bunch of other universes, and they came up with an algorithm that maps all the random things you could do in which universe they'll connect you to. Um, and so that's how he's able to write down his instructions for her to switch her shoes. Um, Cause that'll trigger a certain connection. Um, and later on, he's instructed to do something very specific to try and connect to a different universe. And so is she. Um, but then at a certain point, um, Evelyn just starts doing random stuff and connecting to random universes. Um, and, and that's how she ends up in the hot dog, <laughs> hot dog finger universe is that she does a random thing that nobody told her to do. Um, so she just ended up going somewhere completely different. Well, I, and that's fast forwarding. Uh, it is. To, um, I just, what I thought was a great scene of, um, Or a sequence, I guess, more than a scene of her just doing just random things to see what she'll discover, mm-hmm. right? And, and what random skills she'll end up picking up that will end up being useful to her. So she well, there's 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 another significance to the way she goes about it too, um, which is that now that we're in full spoiler territory, we eventually find out that the that the evil force um, that Alpha Wayman is trying to recruit Evelyn to fight against is another version of Joy. Uh, but she calls herself Jobu Takagi. Um, or well, what is it? Uh, yeah, it for short. Tupaki. Jo- Jobu Tupaki. Um, so the reason that Jobu Tupaki is, is, Evil is because Evelyn in another universe um, was trying to find ways to connect to the multiverse and made Joy do it so many times that she lost her anchor. She lost her connection to her her original universe uh, and was everything everywhere all at once, uh, experiencing all the different universes. Um, so when Evelyn learns about this. Um, she decides that she has to become like Joy to be able to fight Jobu Tupaki and starts intentionally connecting to as many universes as she possibly can um, to try and reach the same state. Right. Which is like, weird. Right. <laughs> well, the whole thing is odd. and um, For sure. For sure, I, I do like the idea, you know, that it's it ends up being her daughter that's the villain. Although, I, if I remember correctly, I kind of saw that coming. Um, I mean, they they hit it a little bit, but not very hard, and it was revealed pretty quickly. Yeah, right, right. But I got a I I had a blast with uh 
<laughs> Jobu Tupaki. I thought she was kind of funny. Um, cause she was just always saying and doing the weirdest things. Well, what was that nickname that, that they called her? Cause they didn't go Jojo Dubaki the entire time. They just go on or something else. That was just a variation of joy. Um, Jobu. Jobu. They just they, called, they her, Jobu. Just called yeah. her Jobu. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Which you could get it right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's like Bartholomew. You're not gonna. You just call him Bart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 two words. It looks like Tupaki's the last name. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah. Um, what about Jamie Lee Curtis? What do you guys think? Jamie Lee Curtis as the IRS agent. Um, I mean, she gets possessed by. In another universe, she's a worshiper of Jobu Tupaki. Um, so she's she's trying to go after Evelyn in this universe. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and just watching interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis, like basically she said they wouldn't have even had to show her a script for this movie if they just told her Michelle Yeoh was in it. <laughs> she was like, you just tell me uh, you want to be in a movie with Michelle Yeoh. I'm like, Hell yeah. Uh, so apparently Jamie Lee Curtis had an absolute blast uh, during this movie. Um, and there's the the one scene right before the fanny pack fight um, where, where Michelle Yeoh uh, like punches her in the face. Uh, and I guess they like, they like really did that. And instead of getting mad about it, Jamie Lee Curtis hopped up after the take and was like, Michelle Yeoh punched me. Yes! <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. Being excited about getting punched in the face. Yeah, I could tell. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is, is always like, she could have been a really good comedian, I think, and if she mm-hmm. wanted to be stand-up. She has been a really good comedian. You ever see A Fish Called Wanda? Well, I meant as stand-up. But, but oh, you're, oh, oh as, stand-up, as, okay. Yeah, but as acting, for sure. She's done as many comedies as, as horror films, as dramas. She's done everything. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. What was the one that was re- she was really good in? A Freaky Friday. She was awesome in that. Um, so well, it was a Beautiful Creatures I thought was terribly underrated. I thought that was a blast. I've never seen either of those. Beautiful Creatures? I think it's called Beautiful Creatures. It's with John Cle- It's... It, uh, uh, it's basically the cast of a fish called Wanda got together okay. and made it up. Oh, okay. I've I never seen that one. But yeah, Freaky Friday's awesome. Her and Lindsay Lohan were great in it. Um, but the, the the you could tell that they she probably out of everybody on, on this film probably had a had a blast. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could tell the, you could probably tell the whole cast had a, had a blast for sure. Like she was doing it. She was like, like the scene in the, uh, there's a scene in the stairwell where she jumps down at, uh, oh my God, that's at right. Michelle Yeoh. She did that on wires. Okay. So they didn't just use a stunt double. They, they actually had yeah. to do it. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, I, she was in the movie much more than I thought because I had heard some people were were complaining why she won the Oscar over some other person or this person or that person because mm-hmm. her role was small. But it was actually pretty big. It was it was standard for for a supporting actor or mm-hmm. actress award. So I, I think it was fine that mm-hmm. uh, 
that uh, she was nominated for it. Whether whether she deserved to win it, I don't know. Again, I haven't seen the other she, films, she's but she was good. Three different roles in the film, which is the which is the the thumb on the scale that everybody in this film has. Right? Is that right. nobody's playing the one part, and even Jamie Lee Curtis, she's playing the. Um, the IRS agent, the, the IRS agent who is kind of like cynical and you know, lord of her domain and doesn't, you know, and petty bureaucrat. She's playing the the henchman villain, mm-hmm. and then she's playing the hot dog lovers, the hot dog lesbian lover of Michelle Yeoh. Um, you know it. You know, it's it's it, it's it's and even the the bureaucrat, you know, by the end has to show a little bit of a, a range, mm-hmm. um, you know, to her character, and I think that's it, that's fun, you know, and you know, say and that same thing, Dan, you know, uh, Kwan has has his character has the two basic roles that he's playing, mm-hmm. but they both also again have some emotional range to what they're doing. They're not just playing three cartoon characters, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the idea that, you know, Wayman, it really is, and I think he does such a great job of showing how corny he is about giving the divorce papers to Evelyn. And he says, because I thought this would you know, get us to talk, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't want to get divorced, but he just can't get her to sit down long enough to talk with her. Right. Um, and well, she's always even... kind of dismisses him as being silly, right, and not focused. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the great lines at the beginning of the film is that just establishes his characters perfectly, which is trying to find the, uh, the the laundry bag, and he says, oh, I put them upstairs. I thought they'd be happier there. <laughs> and that's and that's that's the character, right? Is that Michelle Yeoh is all business, and he's just trying to make everything happy. Well, and he also plays he plays that part, and he plays Alpha Waymond, and then he also plays a third Waymond in the tuxedo, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. yeah that was that, that was the big speech that everybody always talks about when they talk about this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his speech at that moment that mm-hmm. may have actually get, got him the Academy Award, yeah. but. But uh, it was that was that was the Wayman or Wayland that was in the film the least and out of all the characters and yet he was one of the best I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the speech, in, in well, yeah, what, life I would have liked it doing laundries and laundry and taxes with you. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I think my my pinned post on Facebook is we uh, we. Make we live one decision away from a different life, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's that's kind of kind of what he was saying. I felt and and you know all the regrets everybody has or all the successes people have. If you could still do certain things over, or you would be happier doing those things and and doing taxes and laundry still was the ultimate life that he wanted out of all his existences, all the, you know, multiverses, because mm-hmm. that was the one that made him the most happy. Right. Right. 
There's also a surprising amount of emotional moments in this movie. Um, cause there, there's, you know, the scene in the RV, even though it's interrupted by multiverse jumping, uh, while Michelle Yeoh is, is fighting Jamie Lee Curtis, that scene in the RV when they're, when they're talking about the divorce is pretty emotional. And then there's, there's that speech. Um, and then, and then one that's interspersed with a tuxedo Wayman, the other Wayman, um, at the end of the movie, right before, um, the final fight, he says, um, something like, we have to be kind. It's important to be kind, especially when you don't know what's going on. Um, and that line really stuck with me after I left the movie. Cause I think that's a kind of great message. Yeah. I actually, um, uh, me and, and the memes and Facebook, I, I posted something just like that like three days ago, but even before I saw the, the film, uh, uh-huh. actually one day ago, even so literally like five hours before I watched the film, I wrote, you seriously have no idea what people are dealing with in their personal life, so just be nice. It's that simple. Right. Yeah. And, Same and, and it's just, yeah, totally, total coincidence. I posted that, like, even before seeing the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what that message is saying. And, and so, yeah, the messages in the film, even if they are pretty standard and we've seen them before in other types of films, um, they, they, they will certainly uh, hold resonance in fact, for sure. Yeah, yeah. One thing we can yeah. say is that almost every person who's ever been a bully has seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, messages sometimes are worth repeating. Uh, <laughs> people don't always pick up on the lessons. That's um, true. That's very true. You know, or or they're like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. It's like, you mean I'm the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they just don't see it. They don't, they don't pick up that they're the asshole that they were rooting against in the film. Uh, or maybe they're just the the person who makes the mistake of thinking that the the heroes are the good guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, but I thought it was it was it was an interesting way they decided to go that at the end of the movie, in order to eventually achieve her goal, in, instead of just kicking ass like she had been for the whole movie up until that point. Evelyn had to uh, figure out how to empathize with everybody, and by all at once. using all of her multiverse connections, figured out actually how to help them and and make them happier, and that's how she ended up winning. And also, I, I, I kind of liked how by the end she was happier too. Yes, because because again she saw herself in these other alternate lives. You know, if she had done this or she done that, you know, like I said, you know, one decision in your life will make you lead a, a completely different life. Um, all in all, none of those lives mattered in the end, even if they looked more appealing or more glamorous or more whatever, mm-hmm. because by the end, she was happy in her own life, too. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that message, too. Yeah. Interesting. Also, the. The first scene with Jimmy Lee Curtis at the the tax office, Mm -hmm. uh, besides having the the most appropriate uh, awards that you could (laughs) – Oh, my God. And she she didn't have a bra on too. That was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. But anyway, continue, Mike. But the IRS awards are just a series of butt plugs. But – Check off butt plugs. 
Yeah. But um, I was going to say, was that all these things, right, that she's laying claims to, because they're all these little side careers, side hustles she's been trying to do, like music teacher, uh, you know, an artist, and all these these different things. She's she's not content to be just the one thing, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of people, I guess, can feel that way, right? They don't like... Uh, or at least maybe until you, you feel comfortable with yourself. I imagine it's, it's especially for young people, right? Trying to decide on on a like exactly what what you want to be when you grow up. Which, right? Which path in life, you know, is the 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 bitter path that they want to take, as opposed to the bitter path they don't want to take. You know, what's the career they want to do? Um, and because there are things that. Either A, they, they don't like anything, and then, you know, fuck them. But, or they, they have options in front of them, and they don't know which is the one that's going to make them happy. And that's tough. And she, she opted for laundromat. Opted for laundromat. Um, but, like, I don't get the sense that Wayman... Well, that, and the laundromat was Wayman's idea, not even hers, right? But well, it, it was his idea, but I don't think he was ever, like, laundry. Yay, laundry. It's a matter of perspective. I think that Wayman would have been happy on almost any job, right? He he found he saw the laundromat as a thing that everybody will always need need clean clothes, right? Like mm-hmm. he said to, he's the one I think that said that to the father, right? Uh, because he, people always need clean clothes. It's a way to service people. It's a way to interact with people, and that's what he's he cares about. He doesn't care as much about the money. You know, or the the work. He doesn't. He's mm-hmm. not like. Was that really... a stereotype that uh, laundromat? Well, I don't know if they did. If they were Greek and owned a diner, would it be a stereotype? Oh, or pizza parlor? Or or, <laughs> or, or, or or yeah, if they're Italians with a pizza parlor, or if they were no, no, the Greek uh, or if they were Indians the that owned a Seven Eleven. Um, you know, there are stereotypes for a reason, and, and part of it is because when you come over, right, the only contacts you have are your family. So whatever your family's business is, is what makes it easier for you to to get into that job, right? If, um, you know, in, in in my people's case, uh, you know, the, the the Irish became cops. You know, and the Italians either went into the law or they became criminals. You know, but it's it it just depends on 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 who you were and what who you knew, and so that's just you're willing to do anything. And if, for people who are first time immigrants here, certainly it's a I'm willing to do anything to to be successful, which is why they come here in the first place. You know, is they have to do a lot to just get here. However, there's a reason why why uh, the police officers in old films were always called Clancy, right? The stereotype, right? Right. No, and that's a fair point. I mean, uh, for example, um, where where I, I was born, Lowell, Massachusetts, um, a large immigration in the seventies, I think it was, were uh, Indo-Chinese, so Cambodian, Vietnamese, Laotian folk, and the population grew immensely because, as like you said, Mike, when people went and left their the old country, they went to places where they already knew people. And once a family from Vietnam or Cambodia, specifically, that was the big one, um, set up in Lowell, Massachusetts, 
other Cambodian families say, oh, I know those folk. And they said, it's pretty good there. So so they show up and and it grows and grows and so forth. And um, um, I think that kind of relates to what what you're saying mike where it's it's what you know right it's that's where where you go and that's where you get into a job or a business or something right i think that's what you were trying to say it's a mix like of that. what you know and who you know yeah exactly and, and, if, that's, that's and, if you're, and if you're coming over because your uncle is here your brother is here your cousin is here and they own a laundromat well they know the people who can help you get your own laundromat up and running right they have the connections in the business but it's just going to make it easier for you to do that, right? That's the, the old, remember the old Calgon commercials? Ancient <laughs> Chinese secret, huh? Right? The, <laughs> the Chinese yeah. laundromat. Um, you know, it's, that just happened to be the business that they fell into, just like Greeks happened to fall into diners. And then the Irish fell into cops. You know, you saw the untouchables, right? There, there, was, there was one yep. Italian cop and everybody else was Irish, even the guy that was Scottish. That's right. Um, right. So, and the Italian cop was Cuban. You're right, the Italian cop was Cuban. That's <laughs> oh. funny. No, no, I, 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 that's that's how how it used to be. You know, they've got the actors that thought would would be good. Yeah, nowadays you can't do that necessarily. But what are you gonna? Um, but yeah, that's true. That's why why Sean Connery's character was was the Irish cop in that film, and, and Robert De Niro, even though he's only twenty five percent Italian, um, played Al Capone. Right? I mean, the stereotype, right? Right. Italian. But Bob. anyway. Yeah, it's a stereotype. But stereotypes exist for a reason. Yep, yep. They do. You know, at least it's, especially when they're not specific negative or positive stereotypes, right? So mm-hmm. um, when they're just, look, black people like baskets. What can I tell you? They do. I mean, not every person, black person does. It's a stereotype, but. You know, if you survey Americans, what's your favorite sport? Black Americans will put basketball higher on their list on average than, than white Americans will. It just is. It's a cultural thing. Why it is is a whole other issue. It, it just it's a it's a thing. You know, um, Italians are, are more likely to have lasagna on Thanksgiving than other Americans are likely to. It's just a thing that they do. There's no value to it. It's just a preference thing and then because everyone has a heritage as a culture and what jobs your your people tend to work it's there's nothing positive or negative about it you know it's not like they're saying that they're you know that they're you know scum suckers it's just saying that this is the a job that they tend to do it's not saying that it's the only job they can do or the only job they're good at it or that they're the only ones who can be good at it or that they're bad at other jobs it just is what it is Now, with the, with this these characters here, um, yes. I, well, I'm trying to figure out <laughs> how, where where it it went with the the grandfather. I I mean, did the characters that weren't Michelle Yeoh's character mm-hmm. when they returned? Did they know? About the other universes, or were they just changed because Michelle Yeoh changed? In other words, once she changed, was her influence of changing that strong to make all the other characters fall into place perfectly for her? Or were they all affected by alternate versions of themselves in other universes? I think Joy knew because she had a line 
during the scene in the parking lot at the end of the movie. Um, something along the lines of, if you could choose any one of the universes of infinite possibilities, why would you choose this one where I'm just this? Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that was that was the the big moment when she was like, because I love you, you know, because I, like no matter you know, you you don't come over unless you need something. You don't call me back when I when I call you. You got a tattoo even though you don't like it. But even even through all of that, I still always want to be here with you. So yeah, okay. I think during that scene, she communicated that she was aware of the fact that there is a multiverse. Gotcha, gotcha. At least that was, that was my impression. Mike, did you feel something differently, or? I was even thinking about it, but yeah, I mean, okay. I, at this point, I think she's aware, but I don't know if she's aware because her mom has been ramb- rambling about this. So I think she's picking up on it, but I don't know that she's ex- she's aware that her mom is saying it, but I don't know that she's experienced it herself. Okay. Like, I don't think Wayman has experienced the other Waymans. Right. I, I think that Joy and, or uh, Jobu and Evelyn are u- are unique, right, in terms yeah. of the timeline, the, the mm-hmm. main of that they've experienced and remember the other timelines that they're not just characters in the other timelines. Right. Okay. So like, like tuxedo Wayman doesn't know anything about alpha Wayman or this Wayman. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, one of my, one of my favorite ones in the movie is after alpha Wayman has to give himself paper cuts between his fingers. to jump Oh, uh-huh. yeah. There's another disturbing one. Oh, <laughs> After he does that, and then Alpha Wayman jumps away, and regular Wayman comes back, he just goes, Ow! What the hell happened to my hand? (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. Just think about the poor security guard. Oh. No, so so I think I think Mike just figured it out that that uh, Joy and Evelyn are aware of the multiverse, but nobody else is. Right, right. Now let me ask you this too. I was thinking about this too. If if there's all these versions of these folk, mm-hmm. and and there's even the rock versions, my question is, would there even be an issue? And again, this could be controversial, but I don't mean it to be. Could Joy not be LGBTQ in other dimensions? I was just. Oh, well, I'm sure that. there's versions of her that aren't. Okay. If yeah, Evelyn, right, that makes sense. Because they even have hot dog finger. Hey, people, right? So. Yeah, there's a there's another universe where Jamie Lee Curtis and Evelyn have hot dog fingers and are in a, in a relationship. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I mean, I hope I'm not out of line here, but if you're going to be a lesbian, being a lesbian in the universe where people have hot dog fingers might be the best option. Oh, Mike. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Mike. (laughs) 
Jeez. <laughs> Let's just move on from that. Yeah, he's, he's, Mike said there's a couple of comments I, would, I, I, I was cringing at. But we're talk. I'm, I'm not going to worry about it at this point. Um, it's, uh, um, so, uh, uh, The Rocks. Yeah, The Rocks. Wasn't The Rocks great? Yeah, I mean, I mean the lines that they were saying, even though it's all valid to be truthful. I mean, it, it's like kind of annoyed me because it's like, oh, they're just pounding things we all know anyway that people suck. But um, uh, it was kind of a little There's humorous. To it than that, what's that? I think there was a little more to it than that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, I was just trying to say that humans are stupid and and. Um, Aren't as important as they think they are, or something like that. I mm-hmm. think that's what basically trying to say. That's one one of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, that scene is is the favorite scene in the movie for Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh, even though none of them were in it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and apparently, um, that scene was originally going to have a voiceover of them talking in between each other as rocks, oh, and Michelle cool. Yeoh was like. No, 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 no! You should use you should just use subtitles. You shouldn't have any sound here. And uh, the Daniels thought about it and were like, "Yeah, you know what? You're right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was supposed to be the daughter and the mother, right? The mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I just want to make sure because I, because Jamie Lee Curtis was liking it too, and her character wasn't even involved. I was curious if oh, maybe I misunderstood her character. Oh, she, was she one was of just the happy to be in the movie. She was happy to be in a movie where she wasn't being chased by Michael Myers. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the rock thing, was that came out of nowhere. And I was like, all right, that, that was kind of humorous. Well, there was mm-hmm. the Pinata universe. The what? The Pinata. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah that, that was a um, that was a checkoff because earlier in the film someone – uh, didn't she stab herself and and or no, something happened where they they had the pinata stuff coming out of someone's mouth or something, and it didn't make any sense at that point. But then later you find <laughs> out it's a piano, piata, pinata universe. Yeah, that's one of the things that's so jarring about the introduction of Jobu's character is that when she shows up, she's just uh, on random mode. <laughs> The first thing she does is is make the one cop's head explode into confetti. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then she she beats the other dude in a submission with two dildos. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> now, did it look more like sex closet? It, it kind of looked more like a sprinkle donut than a bagel. I felt everything bagel. No, I I see where you're coming from, but. They labeled it, so the, I'm not going to doubt them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, and they probably they probably like bagels better than donuts or something. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also the the just the wording of everything, right? Yeah, right. yeah, that was important. Yep. Yeah, the the, the there was a couple the, like like the the bubble gum scene that made me almost throw up, like I said, and then. <laughs> And and then the butt, the the pulling his pants down to land on the butt plug that that kind of made me say all right this movie's I don't know what I'm watching anymore. 
That's why I said it's a, it's really original. There's some stuff in this movie you've never seen anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if I, I needed to see it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Um, there was, oddly, it's, you know, even though there was a lot of sets, there really didn't seem like there was a lot of sets. Because a lot of the film took place really in the laundromat and then mostly in the, the IRS, IRS office. Building, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting. It was like that that's that's where they probably saved a lot of the budget was because it may it makes it feel like it was everywhere all at once, but it really mostly was in, in a IRS building. Yeah. So it was kinda yeah, yeah. They kept they kept redressing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And and just using different lighting. Right, right, exactly. What else? I think I've said most of what I wanted to say about this movie. I, I, I really, um, I, I mean, I enjoyed all the all the fighting, um, and I enjoyed some of the, the humorous things throughout the movie. Um, but the the main reason I like this movie so much is just because it ends up being a really heartfelt message and a kind of a really touching story uh, about relationships between children and parents. Yeah. 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 yeah because well, it's three generations of parents actually. And, and also for spouses too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's around the main it, issue though. Sorry, Mike, I cut I, you off. I said, no, I said, we've been dancing around the main issue here. And, and that's, that of course is the butt plug. <laughs> uh, no, I think that whole sequence of, because it's not just her doing random things like the uh, gel in the eyes. It's um, it's every like you see the one guy licking the uh, the support in the building, and somebody else is, is photocopying his ass. Although in what universe a person using a photocopier to copy his ass is 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 unusual? I don't know. <laughs> they do it in the office, did that, or did that somehow go out of fashion after the 1990s? Right. Well, that's because that's, um, Xerox machines were, became popular, right? <laughs> right, and that and that's like kicks off, I think, doesn't it? With like the, with the little dog, or uh, early on. But one of the is like she's she randomly goes into the universe where she's a a pizza sign spinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, and she uses it to fight. And one of the things I picked up on the commentary track, and I look for it. So there's the the scene where they go into the the closet in the offices and there's all this S and M gear. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. and they mentioned that there's a like there's a porno mag in there. Which is something like uh double beef sausage. <laughs> name of the porno. <laughs> and if you look Gross. at the pizza sign she's spinning in the alternate universe, the pizza is double beef sausage. Oh <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's funny. But what, what about she does oh. that like fantastic that I, I, I still prefer the fanny pack. I'm sorry, but with that that great fight where she's using the shield as a as a pizza sign. Uh-huh. You know, I thought that was a great moment. But the, the joke that I just I, that I liked, or the the callback that I liked, is when they're arguing over um, the Disney movie. Oh, uh, the Ratatouille. And she, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. 
and she's like, you know, and she's she's misremembering it as a raccoon. But she's not misremembering it. It's right, just a different right. universe. She ends up in an alternate universe. <laughs> she's, a, she's a chef, and you look over, and the other chef nearby is uh, and she's like a hibachi chef, and the the other chef is like goading her, and he's got a a ponytail that turns out to be a raccoon tail because he's got a raccoon. Right, right. Yeah, because his the, hat. Because the joke is, she keeps on saying racket, racket. Tutui, and they kept on, they kept on trying to correct her, saying, "No, no, it's you know, Ratatouille." And she's like, "What?" I, I, you know, and they make it a joke as if her accent is too thick, and she's just saying it wrong. And then they make it a joke where she's just confused, and so it was like a double joke. And then, of course, it, it's all real because there it's is a racket. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually and, and real. Actually, it's not even a movie. It's real. And it's apparently, they actually got Randy Newman to sing, like when she walks into them and singing a song. She. Sh- they got Randy Newman to do this, do the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy Newman does all, has did all the Pixar films. That is true. <laughs> uh, which I somehow missed, and I love and I love Randy Newman. Uh, Phil, you would love his song "Political Science." <laughs> uh, I, I may have heard it. I can't remember. I've, I've, uh, at least I've heard of it. But uh, uh, I, I did like um, how, how the mother goes. Oh my gosh! Not only is uh, is it, it? Not only are you a lesbian and it's a girl, but she's white. And then she goes, "Well, she's not really white. She's just half. She's half Mexican too." <laughs> and and her, she just rolls her eyes again you know, because it shows that even she has issues. <laughs> yeah, it's still not. That's still not going to please some people. Let's just put it that way. That's <laughs> well, and I liked how at the end of the movie, um, there's that one moment where Michelle Yeoh leans in the car and tells the girlfriend she needs to grow her hair out. And oh, just, that was awesome. That yeah, means she cares. <laughs> yes. yes. As was, was demonstrated funny. at the beginning of the movie. Right, right, right. Well, so was she caring too when she said to her daughter that she needs to lose weight? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But she That's doesn't know how to do that. She's just not good at expressing do. herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She just said it rudely instead of uh, – in a nice way. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing, and this is one thing the directors brought up, was that if you watch the film with um, an Asian audience, they react to that scene very differently, where American audiences either laugh oh, or are horrified or shocked, right, that mom is saying this to her daughter. Mm-hmm. And the Asian audience just go like, uh-huh, yeah, yep. been there. <laughs> they, they read it and this is where cultural differences come in they read it very differently than the average American does where mm-hmm. we see that it's like oh my god what a horrible mother or we just see that as a joke because oh my god what a horrible mother right right, right. And, I, and I'm assuming what we're talking about um, again Chinese not all Asians because we, we, you know no, they, they again, you're putting words in our mouth I have heard other Asians say this all right. All right. Every Asian said the uh, same exact thing. All so, 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 so we could go to every all Asian country. Like every Asian countries, but more Southeast than just China. Asian. Fair, and fair. and the, the, the Indian Asians, all anywhere in it, the Siberians, all of them said the same exact thing. <laughs> uh, well, who's, you don't have any study that says that. No, they they do. Do. All of them, that's what they said. Every single Asian, you don't have a study that says they don't, so ha. Right, right, but I'm not the one that's claiming it. Claiming it. I, I'm just saying, are you sure? 
They, had to, they took forever tracking down the one last Asian that had moved to Venezuela without a boarding address. <laughs> and they said, you have to watch this scene and tell us what you think. <laughs> uh, well, you yeah. know. So, uh, oh, I, I was so pissed when when they went to, to the credits because I wanted to hear what Jamie Lee Curtis said that we missed. Oh. <laughs> I knew they were she doing talking that. about taxes. Right when she goes, uh, no, could you repeat it? I knew they were going to go to the credits, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> I, I, they did talk about, there's the scene in the middle but of the film, film was long enough, they, anyway. where, they, where they bring up the end, and it's meant to be the end of the film, and then, you know. Dude, they totally got me in the theater. When I went yeah. to theater. like for about two Which seconds, scene? I was like, what the fuck? How can they end the movie like this? And I looked at my watch. I was like, wait a minute. There's no way that's the end of the movie. So you were pulling up Fred Savage and Princess Which Bride. Scene? Which scene? The scene in the middle of the movie yeah. where it says you see Michelle Yeoh die and then it says the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew that wasn't the real end. They, yeah, said, yeah. Well, they said they were tempted to just um, run the credits then <laughs> and then continue the movie after the credits. That would have been fun. Like, A some, lot of people would have left. And, the, and that's it. I think they, 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 they came to their senses. But part of me kind of wishes. <laughs> <laughs> what they were going to do, I think, is they were going to have, just like you have like the bloopers, and stuff well, the that's, that's the that's the Blu-ray cut. You, you probably have the, the credits at that point. Yeah, that would, that would well, that would be nice if they they put that cut on there. But they were going to do like outtakes or something like like the outtake, you know, running with credits like they used to do in Cannibal Run or in Jackie Chan films. <laughs> Stay there, I guess, through the credits, but not everybody would, and people walked out going just sort of like I know there's people who think One Cut of the Dead is a zombie film because they stop it, you know, it's just. The first time, first time the credits come up, um, they don't watch past the credits to find out it's not actually a zombie movie. <laughs> which which movie? So, is that one cut of the dead. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the, the the Asian one that was like fake zombie film. It was like a film within a film or something like that, right? Yeah, and because I it was I think it was Jason Lloyd I had that argument with online where it's like, no, you have to sit through. It's like, did you? Did you sit through the credits? Yes, I sat through credits. That's how I know it's not a zombie film. And he was insisting it was a zombie <laughs> film. It's like, did you not understand the entire? Well, movie? he could be a, a zombie film just for the fact there's zombies in it, even if they're just actors playing know. zombies. We're yeah, talking I about I everything everywhere all at once. I know exactly. And you know what's in, <laughs> what? In everything everywhere all at once encompasses everything. <laughs> One shot of the day. Everywhere. <laughs> oh boy. All right. I have a firm belief that in every universe you are a complete pain in the ass. I I, I think you, you could be right there. <laughs> here's 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 what I know, Eric. Somewhere out there, there's a multiverse that exists where you actually enjoy your job. Yeah, there's also the one out there where Phil loves bears. There's one out no, there's one out there where Phil is a superstar and Taylor Swift is is stalking him. 
<laughs> but what I what I do know is there is not a single universe in which I like pickles. That I can tell you. <laughs> oh, pickles are the best. You're crazy. Like you said, Eric, he's annoying. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every universe. Every universe. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Oh my god, he's he's the he's Jubu. <laughs> Jubu Jubu Faki. Yeah, that's, that's that was also funny how how uh, Evelyn kept on fucking up that name halfway through the movie. Right, right. And that's why, why maybe that's why she they switched it to just Jobu. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so here, then here's here's one last out question. If you could pull a skill from any one of your alternate universe selves to have, what would it be? Hmm. Am I just the same person in the same life here? Can, can like we relive a, just pick up the moments skill. too? Can we relive moments? No, you're just picking up the skill. Uh. Huh, that limits. So we're, we're our age as we are at this very moment. We can't go back to like when we were 24 or 32. Right. right. That, that's why I was asking that. Picking up a skill from one of your alternate reality. Not what other alternate reality would you want to live in. Right. That's that's a hard one because a, a lot of my answers would take me in a different direction in life that's really too late for me to do at this point. Like being one of the best guitar players in the world, and it's kind of too late to start a start a career as a musician at fifty. Eh, you could do it. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped into my head, though. Could be a superstar, maybe, um, but you could you could perform, you could get gigs. I'm sure if you were really that good, you could if you were the best in the world, mm-hmm. get gigs. Yeah. Right. First of all, the first thing you do is you go on YouTube. <laughs> right, right, right. And people go, oh, my God. You know, he played Jimi Hendrix with his toes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd build up and you'd go, like, on The Tonight Show. And then did you, some dumbass would book you. Did you like how uh, in the Hot Dog Finger universe they got really good with their feet? Yes. <laughs> mentioned were were foot glove like fake feet with thing with hands in them mm-hmm. to get the fingering right. In the, <laughs> the, they want, because in the universe where they're lesbians, they had to get the fingering right. Oh God, Mike, bad Mike, bad Mike. <laughs> they said it, not me. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, Phil has no dreams. Yeah, he's got uh, kids. All his dreams have been crushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, no, I, that's why I was. I was thinking if I could relive stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Would you want to be as good as a chef as a chef in the menu? Well, yeah, but I was thinking that. I almost was thinking that. But but the th- problem with that is it's like like you said, Eric, it's kind of too late. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, because I was thinking, yeah, that would be awesome. But it's like no one would believe that someone at my age, at 50, would suddenly be this awesome chef. Right. In this, in this world. It would so. be food for them. 
What's that again, Mike? You can make food for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the answer to your question, Mike, is we have no more hopes and dreams. We are yeah, shells of humans and yeah, are just exactly. waiting to die. We're, we're like Evelyn. Happy now? <laughs> uh, but I, I have no, I have like no musical aptitude. Um, but yeah, but in another I'm not saying concert pianist. I'm just saying just like to be able to be able to like if we see a piano, sit down and play it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, maybe you know what? Uh, knowing multiple languages, my alternate version where where I learn like I seven languages. Foreigners. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, um, alternate <laughs> universe. Damn it. Yeah. Also, I wonder if our alternate universes we could be we would be living in in the future three hundred years in the future or three hundred years in the past too, or is it all at the same year but just alternate universes? That's a good like living question. in the universe where they never yeah. eternal because some some of it was the past, right? What's that again? Some of it was the past because Michelle Yeoh jumped back to. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. We're in a movie, right? Yeah, but but also you could argue that things just weren't invented in that alternate universe and so they were still living in the same stagnant thing you know i guess uh, i don't know it's a good question yeah it wasn't it wasn't answered yeah. i don't think they wanted to put limits on right 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 and it, and it wasn't really any need to 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 do all these alternate alternate universes that were from different Time periods, maybe I don't know, mm-hmm. and and they could just keep on saying that. Well, every every universe could be future like because people just advance quicker in that alternate uh, other universe, like hot dogs. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the rocks could be exactly the same here. It's just because nothing worked. That's the universe where humans never formed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. nothing formed, right? No life at all. Yeah, it's just like Mars. It's just. Or the moon or something. <laughs> oh, random random piece of trivia for you. Um <laughs> which is I generally don't know what directors look like. Um but in this movie, at the end of the movie when uh when she's figuring out what makes everybody happy, uh the one dude <laughs> she puts the ball gag on and spanks. Um that's one of the directors. That's Daniel Shannon. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I wonder if the other director had a cameo. He did. Uh, he had a couple, actually. Daniel Kwan played the mugger. Um, and he was also, uh, like, remember when she activates the everything bagel and people start getting sucked into it? Uh, there was the one close-up shot of the guy getting his, like, face stretched. That was him. Gotcha. And did, did the other Daniel have multiple roles, too? No, just just the sub. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe he, he was a security guard in the IRS or something too. Who knows? Um, no, that was funny because because during the commentary I was watching and and uh, when he made his entrance he said, "Man, I really wish we could have recast this guy." And I was like, "Oh, that's a rude thing to say." <laughs> he's just talking about himself. And then, I, and then I, I really figured it out later that, oh, he's talking about himself. It's a joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else anybody got? Anything? Uh, I, I if you purchased the movie, Phil, I would highly recommend checking out some of the social features. There's a blooper reel that's pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah, because the Apple uh, download uh, has all this, a bunch of special features on it. I haven't mm-hmm. looked through them yet, though. Mike, you were saying something? I was just looking up their, their filmography, uh, the Daniels's. I don't think they have anything. This is it, right? No, uh, Swiss Army Man. They did Swiss Army Man, which was uh, I forget right. which 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 actor was it that was the farting corpse? Dan- Daniel Radcliffe. It was Daniel Radcliffe, right? So they did a story about people escaping from an island on a farting corpse. It was Swiss Army Man, and they did everywhere all at once. Um, and I'm looking, and he did. Other than that, they like the TV episodes, um, and he, he did like. Uh, Daniel Kwan did an episode of Children's Hospital, which was an Adult Swim live action show on the <laughs> Cartoon Network, um, which is which is just weird. And uh, they also did an episode of Legion, which uh, was an FX show in 2019. Um, I actually so, heard good things about that. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It is really bizarre. Uh, it's by uh, Noah Hawley, who did the um, adaptation of. Fargo for FX and is doing the uh, the uh, the Alien TV series. No. So, no. Who yeah, is this? So, who's do, who's doing all this stuff? The Daniels. This was Daniel. Oh, okay. So they're, 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 one of the, this yeah, is one of the directors, and I didn't get a chance to check the other director. Okay. So I think this is officially a team at this point, and they they refer to themselves as the Daniels. Yeah, that's what I what I've been so, which is cool, but yeah. um. Apparently, uh, according to the trivia on IMDb, um, initially the the story idea Daniel Kwan had was for uh, Michelle Yeoh's character uh, to have HD, ADHD and be so easily distracted that she could jump universes. Um, and then while researching ADHD for the movie, uh, figured out that, uh, yeah, he has ADHD. <laughs> He he went and got officially diagnosed, but yeah, he figured out by by doing research for this movie that uh, yeah that he's he's ADHD. So he 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 didn't make that uh, story. <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't that makes sense. I, I I'm convinced I I have an undiagnosed ADHD as well. But well, get yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way too, and I keep meaning to get myself tested, but I keep getting yeah, I should probably too. I, I have original fiber ADD. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, um, way back in the eighties. Now the um, the two Daniels are they a uh, a couple? I don't a think so. What's that, Mike? There are a couple of guys. <laughs> no, yeah, but, I don't think no, they're no, romantically involved. With that that's what I mean. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm asking. No, they're just, yeah, they're I just good friends. I didn't get sense listening to the podcast. Listening, not the podcast. There's my brain listening to the. Uh, Commentary. They they sounded like two dudes fucking around, but I, I guess that could. Be I think a, they actually went to film school fun. together. They did. That's where they met. Yeah. yeah in Boston. Boston. That's right. <laughs> By they're, red, they're, red, they're, they're Red Sox fans, Patriots fans. <laughs> okay. Um. Is that else anybody wanted to bring up? Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, same here. Mike? No, I, I've said what I need to say. All right, sounds good. All right, so uh, we've been recording for about an uh, hour and 55 minutes. So uh, before we get into our final thoughts, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. 
I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascanity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. And speaking of Dan and his wife, uh, did they watch this film yet? Oh, yeah. They watched it with me uh, a oh. few months ago. And what did they think of it? They liked it. Yeah, very good. Uh, and, Mike, uh, what's that podcast that me, you, Barrett, and Kevin Letts uh, just wrapped up? That was The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected. Uh, we're maybe retitled to the Where is the Cordyceps Infected podcast <laughs> uh, about The Last of Us HBO Max TV series based on The Last of Us PlayStation video game. Indeed. And uh, Eric, what's, what's the main podcast that we do on this network? Uh, it's the one the network's n- named after the Dark Discussions podcast. Your indeed. source for... Horror, fiction, and all that's fantastic. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, Mike, what's that uh, podcast that uh, we're going to be doing some superhero stuff uh, coming up in the next uh, few weeks? You forgot. Is that the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast? Yeah, that's it. That's right. And what's that all about? Yeah, we look at what the uh, James Gunn's initial forays into the DC Universe. With uh, the suicide, with I don't remember if it was the Suicide Side Squad or Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. That's right. So, uh, By the way, Phil, I love how you always throw that one to somebody else, so you don't have to say the title. Oh, you know, I almost was going to say that one myself, but then I said, "Oh, you know what? Mike is actually going to be on the next couple of episodes of it." So, so I decided to throw it to him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, the podcast, or H. B P Halloween Boutique Second. Oh, and R. Ah, that's right. All right, so so um, you people can reach out there. Uh, listen to those podcasts too. Um, also, uh, we can give our final thoughts on this film here. So I will start with you, Mike. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it may not be for your uh. A Man Called Otto audience, but I, I think it's a very fun film. I think it's a great message. I think it's a heartwarming film for all the zaniness that's there, um, and and I highly recommend it. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I wasn't really that a fan, much of a fan of the film. Uh, I felt it was kind of silly, and I didn't really laugh at all, really, to be honest. Um, it does have uh, a good message, uh, generally. Um, acting's good, uh, but it's, um, I don't know. It just, uh, it just wasn't for me. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Uh, I love this movie. It is one of my favorite movies, was definitely my favorite movie of 2022. Uh, and I would recommend it to everybody but Phil. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, once again, the film is called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And, uh, I, Never got that right, but the last week and a half, I've, I've memorized it. Um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, directed by the two Daniels, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheiner. Yep, you got it. Excellent. Uh, starring Michelle Yu, Kei-Hu Kwan, uh, James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie Su, uh, among other folk. Uh, the film is uh, free on Showtime. If you are a subscriber to Showtime, then you can watch it there for free. Um, if you are uh, 
I'm, I, I guess, a hard copy person. I, the disc is out, as Mike said. You can get it for around 10 12 bucks, uh, including 4K. And then Which also you comes get, with a digital copy. There you go. And it comes with a digital copy. And you can also buy it digitally uh, wherever movies are found. Uh, at the moment, it's uh, around the $20 mark digitally uh, rather than the, the more common $13 purchase price for older or or whatever films. Um, so uh, that's pretty much it. So you can go check it out uh, if it sounds interesting to you and see all the hubbub. Uh, and with all that stated, oh, oh, actually, no, we'll talk about that after what the next uh, film is uh, on this cinema a la carte. But with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about everything everywhere all at once. Come back next time. We're going to be talking about uh, Phil choice? Nope, Mike. The Mike choice. Okay.